Welcome to a Better Divorce Podcast, where we have conversations about the emotional, financial, and legal issues that are on your mind or should be on your radar if your goal is to keep your divorce out of court. I'm collaborative divorce attorney and mediator, Andrea Vaca, and I know that how you divorce matters to your long-term well-being. That's why it's my mission to help you have a better divorce with as little acrimony as possible so that you can create the best life possible on the other side of your marriage. Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Vaca here with the Better Divorce Podcast, and I'm so excited to welcome our senior associate attorney here at the Vaca Family Law Group, Marcos Fernandez. Marcos is um, an attorney here, and prior to, prior to joining the firm, he spent his entire previous career in litigation, first as a commercial litigator and then exclusively in the matrimonial field. But in June of 2021, we were lucky to find him and when he shifted away from litigation and now exclusively works to help families divorce with dignity and compassion outside of the court system. So Marcos, welcome to A Better Divorce Podcast. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be here today. Yeah. Great to have you. You've been on the other side of this wall um, for all these episodes I've recorded. And now to have you here is really a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, I like to be part of the magic now. (laughs) So, you know, we've been working together for over two years now. And I've watched your transition from someone who is an excellent litigator to someone who's become an excellent mediator and collaborative attorney. And I thought it would be really interesting to discuss what that shift has been like for you personally and professionally, and what's changed how in how you approach your work um, with the clients who want to end their marriages, and 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 just and with the way we work with other uh, the other professionals as part of our job here. So, so let's go back to the beginning, at least our beginning, and that was when in the spring of 2021. I was looking for a new associate to join the firm, and you applied for the job. Um, so what was going on in your career at that time that made you think you'd want to work for the Vaca Family Law Group? Yeah, great question. So I, like you said in the intro, I had exclusively been working in a matrimonial litigation firm. Um, before that, I was doing commercial litigation. Uh, I like to joke that I got tired of commercial litigation because the clients always listen to you. But I actually, you know, I, as cheesy as it sounds, I became a lawyer because I wanted to help people. And when I started to do matrimonial, I could see the direct impact I was having on people's lives and you develop those personal relationships. And that's what really drew me to this work. But in proceeding with litigation in the matrimonial world and, and doing divorce, I started to, to, to see the damage that litigation did to clients um, and not for any fault other than divorce is messy and traditional divorce brings out the worst in people. It's an adversarial process. The litigators are there to, to win your position um, and it's really expensive. And that sort of goal oriented win at all costs mentality was doing damage to families and it was leaving them in financial ruin and emotionally disturbed. And so even though we were winning motions and, and, and I was like, look, we got this. We won the support motion for you on the pendante lite. And the client was not as excited as me. And I started to see that disconnect. And I started to ask why, you know, why we were winning cases on our end, we were excited, but the client wasn't. Well, that $500 a month was great, but that motion cost them about $50,000, you know? And then once we get, give them the divorce, we leave them. 
as a litigator. We left them as good luck, you know, come back to us if you need post judgment work. And they had to pick up the pieces. So I was really becoming disenchanted with the process and, and realizing that for, for most people, divorce was damaging and hurting them. So there had to be a better way. And as luck would happen, I'm searching for you know new positions and I happened across your link. And I said, wait a minute, what is this? And I started to read your website and your blog pieces on mediation, which I had known about, but collaborative divorce you know, seemed to me revolutionary. And I said, is this new? And then I uncovered and realized it's been around for 20, 30 years. And I said, why don't we know about this? Why don't more people know about this? And I was lucky enough that you hired me and again, very grateful and to be able to watch you and learn and see directly how it impacts people, how the collaborative process gives them a voice, how they're heard, how they have agency. And at the end, they feel connected to the results. It's been wonderful. It's been life changing professionally and personally for me. Awesome. We're going to talk a lot more about that. You know, thinking back to when I used to litigate and I had the same eureka mo moment when I first heard about collaborative. Um, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but it was like when I first heard about it, it was like this light was shining down on this conference table I was at when I was hearing this presentation. And I was like, oh, my God, there's that. Like that, that, we can do it like this. We can families without fighting, you know, we can advocate each different way. And I'm like, I looked around the room like, is everyone getting, no one else was getting excited. There are 30 other attorneys in the room and no one was moving. I was like, I couldn't control myself. So um, yeah, it's great to find a kindred spirit in that regard. Absolutely. Um, but you know, why doesn't everyone know about this? Why don't attorneys know about this? Why don't the clients know this? So what, what message do you wish people who are getting divorced knew before choosing how they will divorce and what process they'll use? What, what should they be thinking about? Yeah, I think that's a great question, right? And I think knowledge is power. And I think knowing your options, I think most people, they only know what they see on TV and they go, divorce is terrible and it's messy and the lawyers are going to take all my money and either we're going to not involve the lawyers, which is a terrible idea. You should always get the lawyers involved or we're just going to, go through court and we'll wing it. And hopefully we settle and it won't be as messy or terrible as possible. Um, and again, you know, some people, they need litigation, right? You know, they're married to, to somebody with mental illness, there's abuse, there's, and their party won't agree. Litigation is perfect for that. Litigation is an appropriate divorce process, but it is not the only divorce process. And to me personally, I believe there's better options for a majority of people who are going through divorce. Um, and so a lot of the clients that come to us, they either know somebody who's gone through a traditional divorce or they are the product of parents who went through the traditional divorce. So they already know how terrible it is. So I would like, you know, I was talking to a professional, a common colleague of ours and in the state of Florida, it's mandated that all attorneys have to tell them the, the options. And that's incredible because you sit down with your divorce attorney and they have to tell you these are the processes, including collaborative. And so that way the client has the ability to make the choice for themselves. And obviously New York doesn't have that law, we don't have it on the books, but I feel that if you are an attorney, whether you're a traditional divorce attorney, whether you're a mediator, whether you're a collaborative attorney exclusively, whatever it is, that should be number one on the, on the agenda list. Here are the processes for the divorce, here are the pros and cons, 
and give that party the agency to make the decision for themselves. Right. We, you know, we do that. We, of course, we, we always ask our clients. So we, just to be clear, in, in Florida, the attorneys have to ask, inform their clients about the mediation process, the collaborative process, the litigation process. That's mandated. Just to yeah, be clear, that a, that's what I've been advised. And so again, I'm not a Florida attorney, right? Not to, <laughs> don't take any Florida legal advice from me. But um, that's what I learned, and and it, it's interesting. It's amazing, and there's value to that, right? Right. And we always ask our clients, you know, do you think this can be resolved without litigation, you know, before they come to us? So the, everyone who sits down with us, asks, we ask that question first. If they say no, we'll refer them to someone else. So, Absolutely. you know, we and if they, they're not sure, we'll talk to them about litigation, of course, because it might, we, you know, we want to make sure they pick the right process, right? Not yeah. it's not a cookie cutter. And and I find that usually we're the first person to tell them, hey, you're not right for collaborative. You know, your spouse is not engaging in this, they're not going to be open to this, or you know, mediation isn't appropriate for you. And and you know, again, people have different interests, right? And 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 cost is always one of them. But again, too many people tunnel vision, they focus on cost, they hear that mediation is the cheapest. And, you know, I use that word cheap on purpose, right? Because if you just base it on cost, you get what you pay for. Collaborative is less expensive. Mediation can be less expensive if it's the right process. And so, you, you know, parties need to know that. Like I've seen it. I've been on the calls with you, Andrea. I've been blessed to be on those calls. And, and honestly, we just tell clients, hey, this isn't right for you. And then they come back. We've had clients come back and say, thank you. I wanted to believe that I could do, I really was scared of court. I didn't want to, but thank you for sending me to a litigator, a competent litigator, and, and we got the case done. And then yeah. there've been other people, it was difficult cases. They stayed in the process and they said, you know, thank you for keeping me on track. Thank you for believing that, 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 that I could do this and they feel connected. So we always want to do what's best for, for the client. Yeah. We, we know what we, we, um, we have seen it. We see the, the the signs, right? So even if you're if you're not talking to us, you know, ask your attorney for their honest advice. You know, what do you think would be the right process for me based on everything you're seeing and hearing here? You know, because we 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 know, I and mean, it shouldn't be about us. It's, it should be about you, right? Because yeah. you have to be happy and move on with your life. Um, it, you know, I think with mediation, we see more that people want to choose it because it's less expensive, and that's the one we have to move them away from more often maybe than collaborative so you know it's like mediation is the least could be the least expensive because mm -hmm. you have the least amount of people in the room helping you um but you know so what do you like for those people that are like well i know it's less expensive but so what are the what are the signs that you see when you think to make sure mediation is right for people what do, what now that you're meeting you know you have your own clients your own mediation clients what what are the, the signs for you that it is or isn't the right process? Well, who's talking, right? If they're both talking, it's usually a good sign that they can communicate and that they can advocate for themselves. Um, if there's a mediation, there's one party, oh, we have agreement, we have terms, we have to do, and you see the other spouse in the background just sort of nodding their head but never saying anything, you know, it, it's incumbent upon the mediator in that road to touch base with them, make sure that person is, is really engaged and involved and not sort of being bullied. So number one, are you able to negotiate at arm's length? Do you have the same understanding of the finances? You know, if you don't, and you're not gonna get a consulting attorney, because again, 
lawyers cost money and we don't need them and the lawyers are going to get it and mess up everything. Um, that's dangerous. That is a recipe for a disaster because you can end up in a situation where you're just agreeing to, to things. You don't know what your rights are. You're waiving things willy nilly and you're also not effective at negotiating. Number three, is your spouse a bully? You know, you're getting divorced. Everybody gets divorced for a reason. What's your dynamic? Are they somebody who, you know, guilts you? Are they somebody who bullies you and you just agree because you're an appeaser or you're complacent? If those things are effective, mediation can be dangerous, right? But if you're capable, you know, you're both have the same understanding of your finances. You're both capable of, of communicating honestly and transparently. You trust each other then of course mediation is, is a wonderful process where you can sit down with a mediator either with or without consulting attorneys. And we always suggest that you do get consulting attorneys, um, but you can then have those conversations and you're heard, right? And the great thing about mediation is, you know, everyone gets, like I said, everyone gets divorced for a reason. And it's usually because there's some issues with communication, right? And somebody feels like they weren't heard or they're not appreciated. And the mediator, when they're doing their job, correctly validates the emotion, right? But not the conduct. So I hear you, I understand why you feel that, and it makes that person feel heard without sort of say, saying, well, that was right or the wrong thing to do, which is what, you know, I get in, I, and my, my wife and I have this, right? I was right, you're wrong, and usually I'm wrong, and I've learned to accept that, but um, I'm only, I, I need to be a better advocate for myself on, on those sides. But. Work on that. <laughs> um, those, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said about those, you know, what are good signs for, for mediation is or is not the right process for you. Um, so let's let's talk. I want to hear more about the lessons you've learned now that you've been working in the collaborative process and the mediation process. And you're so good at both of those processes. I, Thank you. I, I'm, uh, yeah, really, really good at both. You're, you know, the way you can bring people together. Um, to, to find common ground, the way you work with the other professionals. But what what's the biggest, um, what have you found is the biggest way that you've shifted and how as a lawyer you're helping clients now in these processes versus in, as from litigation? Yeah, great question. I, I think the they're harder, right? That's what I've learned in, in real life. Mediation and collaborative there's this sort of notion, especially when you're a litigator and that's all you know, it's, oh, the mediators, they couldn't handle trial. They couldn't do this. And so they went to do the Kumbaya settlements. And it couldn't be further from the truth. These cases are just as high conflict. They're just as complicated, but you can't give in to your base instinct. When I was a litigator, if the attorney on the other side didn't agree with me, I'd say, all right, forget this. We're going to court. We'll let the judge decide. And I would, if we won the motion, great. It was excellent. I, I was the hero. If we lost the motion, the judge doesn't know what he's talking about and he's biased. You know, that 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 sort of we just could give in to the adversarial nature, wipe our hands clear of it and say, roll the die. You can't do that in mediation. You can't do that in collaborative. There is no judge. There is no finder of fact. You have to be the adult in the room and get these people to talk, to find common ground, to find hopefully win-win solutions, but at the least settlements that they both had a say in. And so in mediation, it's, it's sometimes difficult because when you're the litigator, you wear all the hats. You're the fixer. That was the hardest thing to give up trying to fix this. This is your divorce. This is your life. I can give you the legal information. 
uh, as a mediator or as a collaborative divorce I can give you attorney I can give you the legal advice but ultimately you're in charge you decide how this goes and so taking that backseat especially for lawyers is very difficult that's number one um, being in you know collaborative and not giving into that adversarial nature and, and relying on the law and saying you would lose you're wrong that that's incredibly hard and then on as a mediator it's also hard you're not there to advise either one of them you're there to facilitate the, know the law we know what we would tell them if we were, they were our clients but we yep. can't give advice exactly that's and hard. So that's hard right because i always like to give advice you know. <laughs> we're bossy lawyers yeah so you know letting you know watching you know giving that legal information and we hear ourselves saying often please talk to your lawyers about this. So we know one or both of them do need advice so they can make the best decision. And we can't, and sometimes I'll, I'll say it, <laughs> but other times you really can't say why you're saying it because then you'd be biased, right? Mm -hmm. and why I'm suggesting. So. Absolutely. So and I think it, I think it, this goes nicely right to some of the things that I like about collaborative. And so it is hard, right? Because you you have to sort of bring these people back to the table. You have to, to, to make it with your, but you have help. You're not alone in collaborative professionally as the, you know, when you're the litigator, everything was on you. You know, you argue the case, you make the motion, you decide the strategy uh, and, you know, you're the quarterback, right? Here, you know, you're very important. You're advocating for your client, but they're getting financial information through a neutral. They're getting parenting plan advice through a mental health professional, a licensed parenting coordinator, a licensed social worker, somebody who's charging far less than what an attorney's hourly rate is, but is much more qualified to talk about those things. And they're there to ground us as well as professionals when it gets hard, when sometimes we maybe slip back into the, well, you're right and not, well, you're wrong, I'm right, and any judge would see it this way, so you, you should tell your client to give that up. That's not what collaborative is about. Yeah. And it's a, it, yeah, it, the, the power of the team um, and also under, being able to talk to the, I find what's really great about collaborative is that I can talk to the other client directly. Yeah. It's not only, you know, through their attorney, you know, whispering, well, my client says this or my client wants that. So I can ask, hey, husband who's married to my client, um, what, what do you think? What, what's, can you tell us more about that? Why you mentioned this, why is that important? What do you, you know, what are your goals? We can talk directly to them. It's a very safe environment for everybody. Their attorney's right there with them. And I find that's really a game changer too. And you talk about a shift, right? I remember the, the first collaborative case I sat on with you and you said, send an email to the clients. I say, the other client? <laughs> I was like, we communicate with the other client? I was I was like, we don't do this. This is really dangerous. We can't talk to the other side. Do we have permission? You're like, that. this is collaborative. We can talk to the, this is frequently how it's done. And it goes back to humanizing the process, giving the people a voice. You know, we're, they're not the enemy. This, These are two people going through a very difficult time in their life. And too often in litigation, we, we would advise, don't talk to your spouse. Don't work on that. How many times did you hear this when you were litigating? You know, oh, I had to tell them they were going to mess up my case, you know? And so we would tell them, don't talk to each other or do this or be careful what you said, et cetera, et cetera. Then they'd get the divorce papers and we were gone. Yep. And 
for two years, again, because that's a different story, how long litigation takes, these parties weren't communicating under advice of counsel. And maybe sometimes, a lot of times for good reason, but then it's, okay, goodbye. Now you have to talk and co-parent with this person. It doesn't make sense. In collaborative, the team is dedicated to your case, to give your case the time and attention it deserves. We have so many great judges in the state of New York that are doing this hard work of matrimonial law, but they are overwhelmed. They do not have the time or the bandwidth to give every case that comes before them that truly the, the attention that it deserves. Right. And so what they have to do is they pick. And what often they have to do is pick the really tragic cases that are before them because that they have to. And so if you're, you know, not hopefully you're not going through that type of tragic divorce with those types of issues, you kind of get shuffled along. Yeah. Okay. 30 days, standard and goals, come back next month on the discovery issues. And you spend nine months doing discovery and nobody's actually doing anything. And then as soon as your case ends, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's depressing. It's, it's part of the, the, the thing that I like about collaborative is one, we're focused, we're, your team's dedicated to you. Two, it's faster. And we really saw that. I was really, it's amazing to me, especially because of when I transitioned, Andrea, to the firm. It was still prime pandemic. Courts were shut down. You went through the traditional, you, nothing happened. So litigators were sort of just all of a sudden negotiating now, realizing we have to do this. If we're going to get this done, we have to do this on our own. That's what collaborative divorce attorneys have been doing this whole time, doing it on their own, getting it done. And they saw, wow, we're getting real good results because the parties know they're, they're, they may never go back to court. We didn't know when COVID was going to end. There may never be a trial. So if you want to get divorced, we have to enter into this agreement. And that's exactly what collaborative divorce attorneys have been doing since this started. Right. Without the duress of court hanging over them. What, what do you know? What, what did, you know, we talked about how hard mediation can be sometimes, but what are you finding you like about mediation and, and how, why it works well for you as a professional? Um, what do you, you know, what, what do you see it coming out of it? The creativity, right? It, it, it's the, it, it's a pro and a con to me because there's a lot of times as, when, especially as the mediator that has to draft this, I go, how the heck am I going to draft this agreement? It's so complicated. What are you doing? But it fits them and it fits them to a T. And I was able to help them get there and facilitate that. That And I don't have to agree. I, I tell every mediation client, I don't have to think that your idea is good. I just have to tell you, you know, this is the law and this is what you should do. And then speak to your consulting attorneys about independent advice. Um, but and then to, make sure we draft it clearly so that, that what we wanted for that creative <laughs> resolution is clear to anyone else yeah. reading it in the future. So we Great all know. Point. Great point. Whether we are collaborative divorce attorneys, mediators that draft agreements and or traditional divorce attorneys your agreement should always be enforceable. That should be the number one goal. Not just throw it together, oh, let's bring out the boilerplate and we'll fix it together. No, make it enforceable and, and know what's going to happen, what fights occur in post-judgment is so important because the agreement can avoid those. You know, you've been, um, you know, so, so I haven't litigated in over 10 years now. Um, you, you've been, you know, you were doing it just a few years ago. So, um, 
you know, let's talk about how you were helped, like, and those traditional attorneys during COVID who had to help their clients now come to an agreement, but they might have still been using um, negotiation tactics that were very positional. So we, you know, the difference in collaborative divorce and mediation is that we're, we're helping people negotiate based on interests, what's important to them, what their goals and needs are. So how have you made that shift of helping people negotiate based on interest rather than the traditional, like, this is my position, take it or leave it. How close can we get to my side? You know, so what do you do personally? How do you do it? Of course. And, and, you know, you you mentioned a eureka moment for you and and sort of seeing that when I went through the training, seeing that paradigm shift of, okay, here, here is the positional based adversarial. I want this and how that leads to impasse. And I was like, oh yeah, we would get an impasse. And, And then sort of saying, getting behind and figuring out why they want that and how the, that interest can create avenues for win-win. Again, it's been the best part for my career because it takes the, the stress of, well, it's my job to fix this and make sure that the client does the right thing and to understand that, no, this person is a person. They have agency. They're the better judge of what's best for their life. Let's get at their interest and help them get there without, and maybe if we're lucky, the other spouse as well, and then they can benefit too. So. For me, I just think, you know, I think position-based negotiation, it was, it just made so much sense. It was just so clear. I'm sorry, not position, interest-based, interest-based. Position is also very clear, but it's problematic. Uh, Interest-based was like, oh, wow, you know, does it always work that way? No. I mean, sometimes your interests are not aligned and then we have to sort of rely on the law but personally, what I've seen is the big difference between the two is the type of the settlement. When you do positional based argument, the settlement is a result of fear. Let's be honest. That's what it is. And we and I did it all the time and other attorneys do it. And you have to. You should. You, you get them to the point where they're at trial and you say, look, we haven't been able to settle. But if you don't, this is going to cost you $100,000 to do a trial and you might lose. This is your strong argument. This isn't, but we don't know. And this judge, I, you know, they tend to side this way. So you better settle now because if not, you're, you could be in trouble. You're right. And then if they choose not to, what do we say? Well, we told you you should have settled. You know, well, you know, you risked it. You know, you wanted the principle of the matter, the most expensive word in divorce, the principle. Um Whereas interest-based, you know, we just say, okay, look, you know, let's get to the, to the gist of this. Let's help you get to where you need to be and craft an agreement that gets you as close as possible. And so it just made sense to me and it just made it easier and it avoided impasse. You know, I really, um, it, we talked about, you know, how it's harder to do, do it this way. Um, but the outcome, the outcomes that we see for our clients um, that they can actually talk to each other um, because they have, they've heard each other in a different way. When we're asking these questions, like, why is that important to you? You know, can you tell me more to the other client, not our own client? The, uh, our own client can now hear them differently, right? Yep. Um, they can answer questions from the other attorney when needed or from the mediator, whoever it might be in the room, um, that allows the other client to hear the whole situation different. And that sets them up for better success in solving problems and communicating in the future. Yeah. So and the way the way I see it, right, and, 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 and sort of the difference between positional-based and the result that it occurs in interest-based is traditional divorce, 
I feel like from our clients and I talked about being disconnected, it's something that happened to them. They were not really a participant. They were just going through because their court, they were told to appear at this date and they were asked these questions and they were told not to talk. And then if they went all the way through trial, somebody told them, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. It happened to them and then they have to deal. In collaborative, it's not something that happens to you. You are the driving force. So you are completely connected you know, to the result because you played the primary role in crafting that agreement. And so you understand why your parenting plan is this way. You understand why the support number is here because maybe you took more here, but it served the purpose of meeting your interest as opposed to, well, you were probably going to lose that court, so we did it this way. And by that's what makes people connected to their agreement. That's what makes durable agreements that don't get challenged and don't get put into post-judgment issues. And that's what makes better families after divorce, because you're still a family. Even if you don't have kids, you're divorced, you're, you're still a family. You're going to move forward. You're just divorced now. It's a different stage of life. That transition. So personally, as a human being, Marcos, as a lawyer, who's a, you know, a human being who happens to be a lawyer, what is it? what's it been like for you now to know how you're helping these clients in a different way and to, to have what you're, we're hoping, we're trying our hardest to set them up for what you said, that durable agreement that they can move on with their lives. Like, what's that like for you personally? It's great. You know, and I, again, at the beginning, I wanted to do this to help people and litigators help people. I'm not saying that by any means, but I felt disconnected for a lot of them. And I felt like we weren't. And I said, why? And it was because they weren't appropriate candidates for litigation. And that was the issue. And now in, in talking about the options, our clients are being guided to the right process for them and they're getting the results that benefit them. And so I'm, you know, whether it's me saying, hey, you have to go to litigation, still, I helped them. I got them into the hands of somebody who could appropriately deal with them. And for the clients that are right for mediation or collaborative divorce, seeing the, 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 you know, again, divorce is always bittersweet at the end, but knowing that, okay, I was, I had agency, I was heard. I didn't have to appear in a courtroom and risk the chance of someone seeing me. I didn't have to suffer the embarrassment of being served with divorce papers at work. I did this privately. I did this, you know, cost effectively. And I did this, right. I see a lot of I statements and it, it's great. And I feel so validated in coming here and so grateful that I just, you know, stumbled upon your, your listing and found this. But that's a topic for another day. We, we shouldn't have to stumble upon it. We need to, more professionals to know about this and the general public as a whole. Well, that's our goal. And that's why we had this podcast, right? To yep. get the word out that you can't have a better divorce, which leads me to my last question is, I think, you know, I ask all my um guess you know what's your one better divorce tip so if you could tell us that yeah what would you say yeah so i thought long and hard about it because i knew this question was coming from your other podcast and so succinctly it's be self-aware you know we talked about earlier knowledge is power and knowing the processes but be self-aware of your situation and that is hard it is hard but you have to do it because otherwise you're no different than the person who's just reacting in life and things occur to you and then you pick up the pieces. And sometimes you can't avoid that. But to the extent that you can be proactive and self-aware about your situation, know 
hey, my, my spouse and I don't communicate well, and I give in every time they cry, or I give in every time they yell. And, and then don't go to mediation, even if they're pressuring you. Oh, it's going to be cheaper to go there and we're going to save so much money. Oh, you're going to get a lawyer involved. They're going to take all our money. You're... Be self-aware. Can you advocate? Because then if you know this information and you come to people like us, Andrea, we can point you in the right direction. And we're not guessing because you know your situation and you know your spouse. Okay. So no, no, I really take a look at look clearly at your relationship at your at the way you've been communicating with your spouse who they are who you are um and 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 get and share that information with the, your advisor your attorney so they can help you find the right process that's your better divorce absolutely all right well thank you so much marcos for joining thank me you, today. Absolutely. Yeah, so this has been another episode of a better divorce podcast uh, we will see you on the next episode You've been tuning in to another episode of A Better Divorce Podcast with Andrea Vaca. Thank you for subscribing, leaving your positive comments and reviews, and sharing the show with others. You can watch episodes at vacalaw.com, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you can listen through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Bye for now. And remember, you can have a better divorce.